Hey everyone, I am Barrett Gruber, host of the All About Nothing podcast, and because you listen to my show, you know that our family grows with every guest. And one of our family has had a tragedy in their family that could use our help. Friend of the show and podcaster, the diligent dabber, host of the Dad Who Dabs, recently suffered a house fire. Now the damage is described as mostly exterior and attic, but the fire took out the electricity, which now requires they live in a nearby hotel. This family of four, diligent dabber, his wife, and two boys, six and eleven, and they're in need of help, and I'm asking for everyone's assistance. Please visit their GoFundMe page through this address, barrett.gr slash helpthedabber. Regardless of the amount, it all helps to get this family back into their home. Again, barrett.gr slash helpthedabber. Every single bit helps. Thank you very much for letting me interrupt. Hey guys, it's Chrissy. And Carrie. And we are Status Macabre. why that felt like it was a lot of work uh every it's i don't know so so guys no no alcohol today nope we are high on life high on life we're raw dog in life over here coffee (laughs) um water yeah we're 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 recording early today it isn't that early but it is early for us it feels like it because it's 11 20 yeah we usually don't start till like one two in the afternoon so yeah, we've got, I think I'm, well, I'm traveling today and yes. Chrissy's next episode. Oh yeah. So I'm going to be late guys. Um, not because I'm pregnant. Uh, kidding. <laughs> I, she's not kidding. She, she's not pregnant. <laughs> God, no. Can you imagine? That would no. be hell. Um, no. So I'm traveling out of town to the great state of Colorado and um, we'll be back on Wednesday of next week. Yeah. Um, but we'll record when I get back. So you'll probably likely get some episodes that are back to back. Yeah. Um, so, and mine next week's an oldie, but a goodie. Um, we'll just leave it at that. Oh, crap. It's not like an oldie. I mean, I find it fascinating. But anyway, um, so I'll record when I get back. And then, yeah, I got nothing after that. I thought I had something awesome to say, but I really don't. So, anyway, moving right along. So, you guys, you know, please go out and continue to like and share and follow us. Listen to our episodes. Give us feedback. We have been getting some emails from you guys and we suggestions on podcasts. Uh, Yes, thank you for for your suggestion. I've not heard of that. We all all added it to our list, and um, we definitely, right now, right, we definitely try to answer every email that we get, so appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I also want to say, like, how awesome was last weekend with the All About Nothing podcast? Oh, I had a blast. Those guys are hilarious, and (laughs) it it was a lot of fun. I, I... I wish we could do that every weekend. I do too. I don't know that we'd get through a lot of podcasts we would without get li- literally nothing done. I was gonna say I feel like because <laughs> I got with there. all the banter and stuff, it, it I wouldn't be able to. Neither one of us would be able to all, tell a story. All, all five of us, we were stupid. Yeah. We had, so I yeah, got it was there. A fantastic time. We were scheduled to meet at three thirty, right? I didn't get home until after nine. I know. Well, we did. We did multiple podcasts, so it was. It was a lot of fun. It was a blast, and if you guys have not checked out that episode. Um, definitely go check it out. It is the part two of two of, um, the Janir episode. Yeah. And it is number 127. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, some people don't like all that back and forth crap and they're like, just get to the point. That's right. Because I, I ebb and flow. Like it's, I know you've heard me say, I'm not listening to that because all I do is talk, you know, right. Shit that nobody cares about when here I am. Yeah. I, I, can I have your pen? Oh, yeah. You're like <laughs> acting like I'm a... I thought you were telling me to quit. I thought you was your way to tell me that you're making noise. I don't... I hear this clicking. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. That's no, what no, I thought. No, this no. was like, am I clicking it? That's why, yeah. I, that's why I ratcheted back. I'm trying to perform surgery over here. You are. You're yeah. doing a good job. Thanks. So so also want to bring up a couple other things that we have going on. I mean, coming up, really, October will be here before we know it. Oh, there's a laundry list of things. Yeah. We have... The Crime Cruise 
from October 8th through the 11th. Now we will be recording probably late on that one. Um, planning on passing out some goodies, having a good time there, hopefully meeting people, talking with other folks that have the, of course, everybody on that boat should have the exact same agenda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that there, somebody's like, I don't, I'm not down with crime. Sure Why the hell am I here? I'm sure everybody's going to, my wife brought, drug me along. I'm here for right. the news or whatever. Well, I, I know I was talking to my coworkers about this last week and I go, I bet you 90% will definitely be, you know, women and men even who have brought their spouse and their spouse is like, why the hell am I here? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have a bunch of people around the pool drinking going, I don't give um, a shit. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? It's sold out, you guys. They actually have a waiting list. I didn't realize um, that they had sold out yet, but I noticed that last week. So if you guys are planning on attending, look for us. We are um, happy to connect and meet with followers. We'll be the loudest in interest. the corner. We'll be the loudest, drunkest people in the room. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then... Um, and then really, we'll turn around and come back, and we'll be back about two weeks, and then we're taking off to, um, well, Charleston Beer Week. I'll be down there. I'm not sure that I think you're going to pop in and out. Yeah. Chrissy is, but that's the October 29th through November 7th, you guys. There's a ton of events. I'm actually thinking about putting a, a Status Macabre event together with one of the local breweries, so we'll see what happens. I know. What, it, what are we going to do? Like hula hoop? Well, we don't... Well, it's... We're in conversations right now. I know. I can't wait to hear this. Um, we, uh, I'm so glad you we, take care of that. We don't have to do anything. Oh, no, but, but we I'm should. Like, I kind of want to. So oh, well, duh. Super excited. We'll do a murder mystery night. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> One of you will be killed. <laughs> just don't fight. Just just go with it. It's all part of the master plan. Just go, just go with it. <laughs> and then that'll be episode 138. <laughs> Um, and then we come back from beer week and we turn right around. Yeah, I'm say it. so say excited. It. We're going to Key West. Woo, 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 woo. But it's awesome because it's going to be the international speedboat races, guys, at which I've not been. And I'm uber excited about the it. The best, the best. I want to see some live action boats. So it, it's what I think the super cool about it is you wake up like whatever time they start. There's an agenda, right? It's yeah. Nine o'clock. I'm just picking out a time. And then they, they race, mm -hmm. and they'll have a race, which can last 45 minutes, an hour. Yeah. Not overly long, where you're super bored, yeah. but just to where you're like, okay, I need to see something. Then they stop the race, you know, that race is over, and then mm -hmm. they have like a 45-minute, hour, hour and a half long break, and everybody goes back to the bar and start drinking. And that's what I'm screaming And they go right back to the next race. I know. I'm, I'm uber excited. Carrie and I are going to have a blast. Yes. So, um, and I don't think, I think it's just me. I don't think anyone else in, in the, in the insane clown posse is going to be able to go. The clown posse? Yeah. I don't think B's going to be able to come. Oh yeah. Well, cause he took off a year to go, you That's know, right. on a motorbike. So my brother is doing the Pan American Trail, trail. and yep. he took off a week ago this past Friday. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately I am, was not able to go. I wanted to, but I, it's a three a week long vacay. Oh. Oh, and man. if you want to call that a vacay, it's, but it's work. So he's, he's going, he's in Colorado. He was in Trinidad, Colorado yesterday. Yeah. It was some other, it, it was Trinidad. And then there was another town that he said that I, I failed to remember right now, but and yeah. then I think today he was on to, Oh, I don't know where he was. Going. I, yeah. I don't know he's geography. Got whole, he's got a whole list of, it's the next state. Sure. I think he was going to try to make it all the way to the West coast. If he made, if he's making really good time. So he's got two weeks. Until well, I got confused back. cause I thought he was going to New York. Because he's talked about that trail the whole time. You know, he he had multiple trails. And I was like, whatever. Trail is a trail is a trail. Yeah, and I'm on a some, bike and I'm riding it. Yeah, just send some pics along so the way. He, so he's been posting a, a ton of pics and he's having a good time. So yeah. super excited to hear about his journeys. Yeah. It's um, the pictures he sends are, some of them are, are pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. Sounds kind of gross when you think about it. <laughs> Why? Nutty, buddy. Why did we have to go there? <laughs> I know, because I have a juvenile brain. Sorry. I will say, when I was doing the research for this, the reading, I watched uh, one of the movies that uh, Oh, was there's made. a movie? Yeah, there's a movie. I, I had to stop many times because I just had to catch my breath. Oh, my God. Just... Did you cry? No. You know I can't do the crying thing. I didn't cry. Oh, okay. Good. Mm, no, I don't think I, it just, it was where he, where he, what happened in the cave and how just it made me feel was just like, just 
Gotcha. Anxiety. Like yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. Like I'm being squished in a tight space. Kind okay, of thing. Stop. yeah. Like Let's that just kind of get anxiety. into it. So if that, you know, trigger warning. If that, if that gets you, there's a lot of that in here. Ugh. So the <laughs> the Nutty Putty Cave at one time was noted as being a great cave for beginning cavers. So cavers, you guys, are people who explore caves, and they do this for fun. They find joy and pleasure somehow in this. I don't know. You know, I've. I think splunking, splunking, yeah, whatever. That would be kind of cool, and and just going in a cave itself. Now, if it got, my husband and I went to, you know, when we took that cruise, mm-hmm. and we went to Cancun. I think it was Cancun. I can't remember, but anyway, um, that was one of the stops, and we went into a pristine, like the water was, yeah, clear, perfect. and um, yeah, it, it was a cave water and you're swimming and walking and like you go in the backpack and they turn off, like everybody turns off their flat, their headlamp. Yeah. And it is, you can't the black is black. It's so you dark. can't see your hand in front of your freaking face. I don't know that. I mean, I can see where people would go fucking mental. Nuts. Yeah. In so, that situation. So this is not the exact same thing, but you know, it is, does yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I just, I guess people do that for fun. I mean, it would be kind of cool. I, a little bit. I. It would depend on how small the space got. Right. Um. Not talking about these dimensions that we're going to talk about here in a moment. I would never. Nope. That's not mm-hmm. what. That's not what right looks like to me. But that's do whatever what... you guys do for fun. But the Nutty Putty Cave has been plugged, um, completely sealed. It's been plugged since December of two thousand and nine, and it has the remains of John Edward Jones still inside. Ugh. God, that is like the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I can imagine one being him, two being his family member and having to make the decision that that, that's the best. That's the best outcome. Oh, yeah. Um, And while the John Edwards Jones incident was by far the most tragic and worst one, the Nutty Buddy cave is plagued with rescued. Really? (laughs) And they kept it open? Well, it was. It did shut down for a little bit because of a rescue, um, a a previous rescue. But then they decided to open it back up. Well, it's like it's being, it's, you know, the greatest cave for, you know, starters. I guess that's because they weed out the ones that are actually going to make it through. (laughs) Are you trying to say natural selection? (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) But go right ahead. The Nutty Putty Cave is a naturally formed hydrothermal cave. And so what that means is there's a circulation of hot water. And this could be within the cave, which makes it extremely moist, extremely mug, muggy and humidity, uh, humid, not humidity. Um, and that heat can come from volcanic activity if there's some that's nearby. Or it can, the heat that just comes up from the Earth's crust. So it's nice and toasty is what you're yeah, what you're is. telling me now. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, very little... <laughs> airflow through the sure. you can imagine there'd be it's just stagnant still air Ew. and it's located in utah on the west side of utah lake and it was first explored in 1960 by a salt lake caver named dale green and he named it after the clay that covers most of its 1400 feet of you know these narrow passages passageways mm-hmm. and chambers and rooms so and he named it nutty putty he named it nutty putty because inside the cave it's just clay like it, putty i get but why nutty oh that i got nothing <laughs> makes you maybe, wonder maybe it's the color of the clay i don't know yeah i was gonna say is it nutty color <laughs> what that butt color is nutty i don't know, I I don't, don't you know, know. what i have like horrible visuals right now let's just move on Here's your shovel. Just keep digging, Chris. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it has 1,400 feet of narrow passageways. And to give you guys an example, and we will post some pictures on the website, but the structure, the, the cave system is just is kind of crazy because there's a narrow passage and then it opens up into a big chamber and then there might be a smaller path. It's just kind of, it's just this maze of tunnels and, and passageways. Um, and it's about 145 feet deep. Nearby ranchers were the first actually to discover the cave because it was on their private property. And they directed, they're the ones that directed Dale Green to this cave. So Dale was actually looking for another cave. Mm. And the locals were like, oh, yeah, there's a cave over here. Go check it right. out. And that's how the Nutty Putty Cave was actually discovered. 
And it was, it is believed that they don't think the locals had ever explored the cave. They don't think that anybody really so stepped they, foot inside until Dale got there. I was going to say, bring I'm up sh- the white boy. And he's like, you I'm know sure. what? Um, oh, they're oh, all like, okay, like, let's, get rid, yeah, let's get rid of this. Let's get rid of this. Let's get this motherfucker off our property. Yeah, go over here. There's a great cave. <laughs> See you never. See you never. <laughs> See you never again. So, yeah, so they, they, they may have set him up a little bit. It sounds like they it. They may have done that. I mean, I can't blame him. But, <laughs> but moving right along. Not, not long after Dell discovered the cave, and I hate saying discovered, but really until it was him that brought it out. Like I was going to say, it sounds about right for right. a white boy, but let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, went and invited several people from an outdoor club at Brigham Young University to come and visit the cave. And it did not take long for the cave's popularity to skyrocket. And by the end of 2005, or by 2005, it was receiving more than 5,000 visitors Damn. a year. So this, this was an active cave. Sure. And it was... It was the place. It was the place to go out there. Yeah. Cavers were encouraged, and I'm saying were because it's sealed. They were encouraged to take a headlamp with extra batteries. A flashlight just would not cut it in there. And people, apparently flashlights were useless in that cave. It's because it was that dark? That dark. It was no, like nothing to bounce the light off of to illuminate. That's what I'm gathering. Okay, gotcha. Okay. And a headlamp. I don't know. I mean, the ones that I've seen have like that LED. Those little yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just bright as hell. Bright. Yeah. And I would imagine possibly so bright that in some caves, you may even reflect off of some of the particles that are floating in the yeah, yeah. in the air. Yeah. But, um, and once you were inside the cave, there was, you know, a lot of climbing, crawling, scrambling. And of course, you needed to use both hands to get through this cave. This isn't one that you're walking through. You're crawling. Fuck this. Or How sliding. is this a beginner cave? I'm thinking, you know, put me in one of those little caves that... I don't, you know, one of those rock climbing places I, I that are monitored. Yeah. To yep. me, that's a beginner cave. But, you know, bring backups because exploring this cave was said to take several hours. You could, you could take as long as you wanted to, right? Sure. It could take four to six hours or you could be in and out in, in one or two. I guess it would just depend on how comfortable you were. Mm. And the temperature inside the cave, which we, we talked about a little bit before, is very warm. It's humid. It's, it's you know, just think about probably the only good thing was there were likely no mosquitoes well that's always nice <laughs> and being in the south that's a that's a great thing oh god yes the entrance to the cave is called the blowhole and it is named after the blowhole on a well's back because if you look at it from the outside it looks just like a a butthole a b- <laughs> i'm just joking. blowhole <laughs> god all I've got is like this visual. Of there are this. some people that are hitting stop right now. They're like, not listen to these dumbasses. <laughs> Keep going. Oh my gosh. And it's approximately six feet in diameter. And you would have needed to be extremely careful here because as soon as you get inside, it, there's a drop. It drops down about 15 feet and it looks like a slide. It's actually called the big slide. Now, how fun would that be? Come yeah. on. So you come just, in whoosh, the blowhole yep. and then you slide down. I just 15 feet. I'll be quiet. Now, <laughs> once you got to the bottom of the slide, mm-hmm. at that point, you were on your hands and knees and you would need to crawl through oh, a two foot opening. Then you continue to crawl. And two feet. Two feet. Yeah. 24 inches. I don't know that I would fit through there. I mean, I'm thin, but good lord. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's claustrophobic. Yeah, so it gets worse. Oh. Then you continue to crawl in a in a small narrow passageway for another twenty feet, <gasps> and then the cave opens up into a big room. Okay. So if you can kind of see first how we've we've come into this hole, we slid down, we're yep. crawling. This is pretty much the cave system there's a lot of this but the sizes of the the, the passageways yeah differ greatly depending sure. on how deep and how far on which you way in. you go yeah. yeah and supposedly and i've looked at the map i don't know that i would agree with this but supposedly it was pretty much impossible to get lost inside the cave and so oh, using okay a little common sense and one of the local maps that they had you could explore for hours and hours on end so every section so it reminds me of like if you were to cut an, an ant bed in half and oh and you see all the tunnels yeah, and stuff that's yeah. what it reminds mm-hmm. me of uh-huh. on a smaller scale and right you definitely 
there's no other way out. There was one way in and one way out, but the crevices and the passageways to get to maybe a larger room that yeah. looked really cool were very dangerous. Well, it sounds to me, Lou, though, that they have a, a map that you can get on your way in. They also had people. So maybe, were, yeah. How do you get lost when there's maps well, and stuff? The, getting lost wasn't getting stuck. That's okay. That's a better term. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so getting lost. No, I didn't see anything where they had to call rescue mm-hmm. squads to help because somebody got lost. It was because they were stuck. That sucks. Yeah. And, and there were previous cavers would go in and some would put like on the slide, they put a, a rope, they hung a rope there. So it could, to help people. So you knew, Yeah, you could say, okay, why well, this eye hook is here for a reason. I need to turn right or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 So getting lost really wasn't, uh, wasn't the, the major issue. And it looks like the earliest rescue on record from was from July 29th, 1999. That's the earliest? Well, it's curious to me, right? Like, how come we have a cave that was discovered in the 60s <laughs> and for right. almost 40 years, there's not... No, it means that there's some dead people in that cave. Well, I think... <laughs> I think... I think that's likely the yeah. case, right? But I also think that it's more likely that rescues just weren't something that they recorded. Oh, that's fair. Because okay. I I mean yeah. if you if you look at what I saw on online and the resources that I read through the books there's no way that there's only this few amount. Yeah, no, that I mean, that makes more sense. I mean, then we get to Y2K and every and then all of a sudden everything goes haywire. Mm-hmm. So, now you know 19 1999 is mm-hmm. the first recorded, let me say that. I think there's bodies all over that place. Oh, hell yeah. Just my opinion, but... (laughs) You're not wrong. In July of 1999, two Salt Lake teens were camping near the cave, and they decided that they were going to go exploring early the next morning. So they came in, Mm -hmm. they camped the night, and they say, hey, it's 9 o'clock, let's go go camping, or let's go caving Mm -hmm. into the Nutty Buddy Cave. In the Nutty Buddy Cave, all right. So they enter about 9 o'clock in the morning, and in about an hour and a half into their their ex- exploration exploration thank you I, I loved your hand signs like what the word is this and she's like pumping her arms up in the air like rocky it was very <laughs> bizarre moment just now but <laughs> i was i was trying <laughs> it was just that was so bizarre i don't know what happened but I wish back to the matter was like I knew exactly what she's asking. So that's scary. I know that's really scary, but <laughs> so about an hour and a half into their exploration, they were in the section of the cave called the birth canal. Now, you guys are going to hear me talk about the birth canal a lot Ugh, because this is, gross. this is this is a section where cavers love to go to. It was it was a very popular section and of the and the birth canal. So you're going in a butthole down a chute. <laughs> To the birth canal. <laughs> to me, this like all backwards. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm so juvenile. Go ahead. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Well. You, anyway, you're not wrong. So this is the section where, like I said, cavers really enjoyed. It was a challenge. They would have to suck in their stomachs just to get through and it's about 120 feet underground oh. right so this this was the challenging part like hey let's see if we can shimmy through this this and not thinking now. that your ass could get stuck but hey before we do that we have to suck our stomachs and in starve yourself for four days and, right right so both teams they were both named chris and they were both 17 years old mm-hmm. so chris squared chris squared they're going through the birth birth canal Mm -hmm. and um you know one of them one of them gets stuck oh god and they're stuck for 12 hours holy shit how oh my god actually let me rephrase that not one both teens got stuck okay in the birth canal and okay they the other friends that they were with had to go and get help okay it wasn't just the two of them thank god okay because could you imagine no yeah it's like when is somebody gonna come fucking find me and pitch black yeah, oh my God, I would have lost my mind. Every time you try to breathe. It hurts, I you, guarantee. You can't expand your chest and your shoulders because you're wedged. So you wait like four days until you haven't eaten and then you and shimmy you your way out. out. Right. And thank God they were with, you know, they were with other with kids. A few friends and yeah. they could go and get help. Yeah. So 
they went into the cave about 9 a.m. They explored for about an hour and a half. Rescue crews arrived about 11.30. And Chris Hale was the first, uh, not boy, but man, right? The, yeah. the first of the two that was rescued. And he exited the cave at about 10.30 p.m. Oh, God. And Chris, his other friend, Chris Marrow, was rescued a few hours later. So it had to have been, clearly, in order yeah. to get the other one, we had to get one. One out. Right. And rescue workers just gently pulled and tugged on their feet and ankles to free them from, from the birth canal. And there were about 40 rescue workers, about 25 from county research and rescue teams working to, to free these guys. Mm-hmm. It, this was a... This was a massive ordeal when people were stuck in this I cave. I can imagine. Um, yeah, it's like people in coal mines, you know, when they're just yeah. in there. And the ma- the people that, you know, the rescuers, how many are involved and how arduous of tasks to stressful. Oh, God, yeah. No, I couldn't. And, you know, and so when the teens went in, they were well prepared. Mm-hmm. They had their batteries, their backups, their headlamps, so they, whatever oh, they they had needed. planned to do this. Right. And it sounds like they were. Right. Smart enough to bring all the crap that they needed. Right. But they weren't smart enough to say, hmm. Maybe I shouldn't go through there. Maybe I shouldn't go through here. And who knows? Maybe they had done it before at a different time. And this time they gained a few pounds. And and possibly they're a little bloated. They drank too much that night before. Mm. Um, And they, you know, when they exited the the cave, they only had minor cuts and scrapes. They were more thirsty and hungry and tired for having been in the cave for so long, but they were in pretty good spirits. And once they were rescued, they just clearly, they, I'm they never, liven back up, right? Yep. I'm never going fucking. That would scare me. Caving ever again. That would, that would, that would scare me. Two years later, and we're, we're in March of 2001, two 13-year-old Boy Scouts would need to be rescued from the birth canal, where they were stuck for about four hours. God. Four hours isn't anything compared to the 12 hours those other two boys I were. would not want to be stuck like that for 30 seconds. Oh, God, yeah. So then we move on to August of 2004, where a 16-year-old boy needed to be hospitalized after he was rescued from the Nutty Putty Cave. His name was Brock Clark. Mm-hmm. And he was the lead spelunker exploring the Nutty Putty, Nutty Putty Cave with about five other youths. Okay. They didn't name the section of the cave that he was stuck in, in the research that I had done. But based on how they described it, I feel like he was in the birth canal as well. Okay. So I am saying it was the birth canal. Clark went into this narrow vertical section head first, and he gets stuck upside down. Mm. So he's not, all right, he's not completely perpendicular to the ground, but he's, I think they said, like at an 80% grade or something. I don't care. Like that, any so. Anything that is going to force blood to my brain, it, it stresses me out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and God. it took rescuers 10 hours to free him. Mm. So imagine being stuck upside down for 10 hours, which, by the way, for it really can kill you. I don't know. Yeah. Who, I'm sure you get, like, eventually aneurysm, stroke, all, something. Well, the blood rushes to your head, which over an extended period of time can cause hemorrhaging. Mm-hmm. But that is... Not the biggest problem, and that's least likely to happen. Okay. Lack of oxygen and asphyxiation would be the bigger problems. Oh, okay, yeah. So you're hung up. Organs, too. Organs have a little bit of room to move inside the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if you're inverted, your... The weight. Your lungs are going to weigh on your heart, and you're going to eventually... Pass out. There's going to be all sorts of problems. Yeah. There's going to be all sorts of problems. So Clark was freed from his position after 10 hours. Then it took another two hours for him to recuperate enough for them to get him out of the cave. I was going to say, because how would you be able to move? You're probably disoriented. Yep. And I can't imagine being able to have the mind with like the physical energy to get through the cave after that. Oh, I couldn't either. Screw that. And I then could. I would never go in another cave ever in my life. Oh, me either. Don't even say the word me cave. Either. Don't even say This is the four-letter word that we don't say in this house. Buy me a nutty buddy and I'll punch you in the face. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> his rescue took 20 rescuers using ropes and a ton of patience um, while they, you know, wiggled and pushed and pulled millimeter by millimeter Ugh. to free him. So... You guys, when you think about being stuck, especially in these narrow passageways, 
you are very limited. What are you going to do? You're yeah, gonna, you're stuck. Hopefully, because you don't have room to go around them. Yep. And you imagine know. your arm, I can, you know, the fact that your yeah. arms are pinned down. Oh, no, no, no. Right. So it's it's a daunting task. One, it I, I can imagine being a person stuck. Mm. But from the rescue's perspective, perspective as well, if you can only put one person in at a time, how effective is your... Yeah, being able to pull them out. Right. Yeah. Right. So he was wedged with his left leg behind him. And I cannot even imagine what that position would have looked like because there were no pictures. But he was wedged so bad that being wedged like that impacted the blood circulation on the entire left side of his body. Oh, no. For, what did I say, 10 hours? Yeah. Yeah. Now, just a month after this, a BYU student was trapped for almost eight hours. His name was David. David and two friends from West Virginia went into the Nutty Putty Cave about 10.30 p.m. on a Friday night. So, I mean, I'm going to be doing other things Friday night at 10.30. I might be in the bed sleeping. I was going to say, I'm not gonna likely be the, I'm sleeping. <laughs> right? no. But I'm not going to be in the Nutty Putty Cave go, no, trying to go through the birth God, canal. shit, no. So they were in the cave for approximately two hours before David got stuck in another narrow passage of the cat. Uh, of the cave and again they didn't specifically call this one the birth canal mm-hmm. um but it sounds like that's where he got stuck though i'm thinking so yeah yeah and just like in the other cases a friend had to leave the cave and call rescuers and it takes them some time to get there but by about 1 15 in the morning uh they arrive and actually had to break a small amount of rock away with a portable air chisel before david could be freed yeah so this one was this was the last two have been like okay we're we're escalating in our rescue attempts. Right. Well, and I guess you have to be careful, you know, chiseling rock out because, you know, especially if you're in, you don't know what's going to collapse. Yeah. And, and, and the I cave would, it's, itself is too, it's, it's very soft. Sure. Ugh. In some areas. Yeah. And I, I yeah, I, I've got nothing on how one would feel on the, on either side. Of yeah. The person needing to be rescued or the rescuers because... You got to think too. Rescue crews aren't going to go in if it's unsafe for the rescue crews to go. Oh no, I know. If you're not sacrificing one for the other, right? You know, I mean, you are, but you're not going to like sign a paper and say. Yeah. No, I understand. David did not have any serious injuries, and he did not need to be taken to the hospital like the 16-year-old boy Mm -hmm. just before him. It was about 8:30 a.m. before he stepped out of the cave, so he was in that cave for. Many, many hours. Looks like nine or ten hours as well. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the incident that initiated the sealing of the Nutty Putty Cave. John Edwards Jones was in his second year of medical school to become a pediatric cardiologist. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was 26 years old at the time of his death and Ugh. was visiting Utah to spend Thanksgiving with friends and family. Now... He was married oh. to a woman named Emily, and they had a one-year-old daughter. Matter oh. of fact, God, his wife had just found out that she was pregnant, pregnant again. Yeah. She oh, was my. like very new pregnancy, very, very new pregnancy. Oh, somebody shoot me. This is horrible. Yeah. And he and Emily, um, which is his wife, they're both from Utah. Mm-hmm. So this cave was not new to John or his friends or family. Oh, okay. They had been so they, in it before. Oh, Okay. So on November 24th, 2009, John and several other family members and friends entered the cave about 8.30 at night. And this was a way they were going to try to connect and hang out and just reconnect over the holidays. Mm -hmm. There were about 10 or 11 people on the trip, so they had a large group of people. And one of those folks was Josh Jones, who was John's younger brother. And the Nutty Putty Cave, like I said a moment ago, was not new to these guys, the whole family, their dad, their mom, uh, the brothers and sisters, they had all been in the cave. It was something that they, they kind of considered themselves skilled cavers. Sure. They had been in the cave for about an hour when John decided to go off on his own and he wanted to find the birth canal and he wanted to explore the birth canal. Oh God. (laughs) Somebody should have slapped him. Which now, and and the birth canal is not the only small, narrow opening, Uh but there seemed to be so many incidents at this one place. Yeah, sure. And this is the one where it's like two feet or that or smaller. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's a very narrow, tight yeah, yeah, yeah. passage. I was just curious like how small that passageway is. Well, it's slippery and it can get down to, I think, 18 inches. Holy. Right? 
F. Yeah. So it's... It's pretty tight. Okay. Yeah. It's slippery. It's a tight, very narrow passage and very perpendicular to the ground. And okay. So that means if you go in it, you're going in head first oh, and sure. you're like this, no. which I can't imagine coming no. back out that way. I can't imagine somebody wanting to do that. And no, I mean, no offense to anybody who likes going through tight birth canals. I'm just saying it's, geez, <laughs> Lord. Wow. God. <laughs> Claustrophobic. So, so here's John. Exploring himself, and and this group didn't stay together the entire time. They would take off and meet back up, and so sometimes folks were exploring the cave by themselves. And he's in an area that he thought was the birth canal, right? He's inching his way head first, using his hips, his stomach, and his fingers to kind of push him along. So you guys think about being in a small, tiny spot and having to wriggle through. You're going to use whatever mm-hmm. whatever muscle you need to to, to get, get you through, through it. Yeah. Well, and then he realizes, he's like, okay, this isn't the birth canal. Oh. This is the mistake that ended up ultimately costing him his life. Mm-hmm. He realizes that the tunnel is much more narrow, and it's not giving way like the birth canal can. So even though while the birth canal is very, very small, it does open Give. Up oh, okay. And yeah, start yeah. to go into more like a cave-like a room. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So he's realizing that he's in, he's in trouble. Mm, 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 mm. He likely would have turned back if he could have, but at this point, it was just too narrow for you know for him to to turn around. Oh, he. So he's he, just stuck, and he can't shimmy his way back out. Is right. what? Okay, all right. I'm just trying to right. picture, picture all this he's, in my head. He, so he's 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 in a tight passageway. Mm-hmm. He's shimmying his way like I, like I got this, you. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So. This is the best way that you're going to... Oh, yeah, to. sure. So this is how... So that's important. So you Like your arms to, are yeah. underneath so your, you've got your chest up your, to your chin. Your forearms yep. under you, your your fists under your chin, like you say, and you're wriggling along. Yeah. okay. And, you know, this is... It, it's too narrow for him to turn around. He, he, can't, he can't go back the way he came because mm-hmm. he's going down. Down. Gravity is not working. Oh, in his <laughs> favor. Him. Yeah. Yeah. So that means he had to keep moving forward. And... He did keep moving forward as oh. much as he could. And he thought, because I think he thought he was in the birth canal. Maybe, I'm, maybe I am in the birth canal. Maybe I don't remember And it's going right. to come and open up. And there's supposed to be a widening, mm-hmm. um, which would allow him the space that he needed to turn around and get out. Mm-hmm. So I think even if he, even if that was the case and he had gotten wedged the other way, it would have ended better, a little differently. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So as John is moving forward, he had to exhale the air, ex- exhale the air in his chest, so that he could fit through spaces that were barely ten inches across and eighteen inches high. Oh my no no no! So no. there's your there's your oh. smallest measurement that I was able to find. Ten inches. Like I think, I think my shoulders are wider than ten Thank inches. Thank you. <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> right. Um, and this is about the size of the opening, a little bit smaller, I think, than the clothes dryer. Yep. You know, the older ones where they had the door on the front, not the yep. fancy ones now, right? Yeah, yeah. But the door on the front, and they had the small. Yeah, yeah, the little drum. Yeah, I used to put yep. my little brother in there all the time. Oh, nice. That's what's wrong with him. <laughs> However, when John would inhale again, and his chest would puff back up, he... Well, yeah, he... Oh, God, can you... And he oh, my God, the pain. Getting, yeah, he ended up getting... Whew. He ended up getting stuck for good. Yeah. So he's he's sitting here. He's by himself. But his brother does, Josh, his, do, his brother does go on the hunt for him. Mm-hmm. And he finds him. And he's like, look, bro, you're stuck. He's like, I know, bro, get me out. Mm-hmm. Um, so he tries to figure out a way to unstick his brother, to get his brother out. But he wasn't successful either. And, of course, I don't know as a family member what good I would have been. Right now, I'm same. So the space was just too narrow. It was even, you know, too narrow for Josh to do much. He couldn't get a significant grip on anything, mm-hmm. much less, you know, he didn't have any leverage to to, to pull him. Yeah. And he would have been working against gravity. So. Oh, God. You're just in a shit show. Yeah. Matt, you know, gravity's working against them. The cave is too slippery that, you know, Josh is pulling. It's making it, it's making him slip. Yeah. It's making John slip even further. So they're not doing anybody any good any favors. So now after this slip, John's arms are completely pinned under his chest. Oh. And he cannot move at all now. Mm-hmm. 
So he couldn't even help, right? I don't know how you would, I, I have literally laid in my bed trying to figure out how I would shimmy my shimmy. way out. Oh, no. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not a good situation. So Josh stays with his brother. Um, they are a religious family, so they're praying together. They're singing hymns. And he did not want to leave his brother. Of course, I would not want to leave my brother or... Oh, God, no. Anyone, right? No, I... And I would either. not want to be left. The, no. the courage that John had, I think, to say, go ahead and go. I'll be fine. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, and the, no, I wouldn't be able to leave somebody. And, you know, like I said, they prayed together. They sang hymns together. I hope, and I, I'm assuming... You know, I know they were a religious family, but mm-hmm. that just calmed John down enough sure. to give him the strength to last however long he would need to be in there by himself. Because mm-hmm. his brother his brother did not leave his side. He was as close as he could be safely. Sure. And to put this into context, once rescue workers arrived, John was still trapped. He was 400 feet into the cave mm-hmm. and then over 100 feet below the Earth's surface. So the oh, cave man. didn't go straight down. It mm-hmm. You know, it kind of descended descended down, mm-hmm. right? That is a significant amount of space. Yeah. He's in an unmapped finger of the cave. Oh, my God. So he took a wrong turn and nobody knows how to get him. Right. Or what's beyond that, I guess. Right. Getting supplies, people, et cetera, down there was going to take some time. And it did. It took over an hour. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you don't just call people. Rescue <laughs> yeah. worker, they go running in there and they right. take you out. There's there's a lot of planning that goes into this. Yeah, I doubt you could, like, book that online. <laughs> right. <laughs> the first rescuer to reach John was a woman named Susie Matola, who arrived about 1230 a.m. on November 25th. And you guys were bumping up against Thanksgiving here. So yeah. these people are aware of that. And they, they are trying their best to save him. And they, they want to get him out before Thanksgiving. Well, yeah, they probably want to go eat some damn turkey. Right. And at this point, John had been trapped upside down, you guys, for 35 hours. When Susie reaches him, she introduces herself, but the only thing she could see was his boots. Oh, God. So So she's talking to him. She's coming in behind him, and that's all she can see. That is how small that space is. Mm -hmm. John said to Susie, hi, Susie, thanks for coming, but I really, really want to get out. To which Susie replied, no worries, John, we'll get you out lickety split. Well, yeah, that is awful. However, Mm -hmm. yeah, she does recall later that she knew the position John was in would make this rescue very difficult um, than, than they had originally thought right. based on the call that comes in. Sure. So Susie, this is, to put her size in perspective along with this, this passageway that he's stuck in, Susie is a search and rescue volunteer with a ton of caving experience. She had a, a ton of experience. Uh-huh. She's very p- petite, about five, three and slim. And even for her size and frame and her experience level this was a very difficult area that he really was in. oh yeah. my goodness very gracious. very tight area mm. and of course you guys don't forget john is a medical student and he's very well he's very well aware of what's happening to his body and oh, what God, the outcome yeah. would be if he stayed in that position much longer mm-hmm. i mean he was not a stupid man and ultimately knew as time dragged on and he was stuck he was here, running out of time he was going to be running out of time yeah and i don't know i'd love to know things but i don't know that i would want to know if i was in that situation oh no because i would just be adding to my anxiety. oh anxiety level yeah. No, definitely yeah so we think right that john was actually closer to a section called bob's push mm-hmm. i found some conflicting information here okay some some resources said he was in bob's push and some said no he was in an unexplored finger of the cave we just didn't know what we hadn't been there yet right Uh um either way he is stuck on an l-shaped pinpoint and so you guys his body is caught on the lip of a rock Uh and an extremely tight space and so that l shape is kind of acting like a hook Sure, to and, keep him in and from going right, out. and it's pressing yeah. against his is under his rib cage. Now, yep. I'm not saying it was hooked through his skin and into his lungs. That is not what I mean. I just mean that he was tight enough that this this edge of this rock was prohibiting rescuers from being able to get to him. Yeah, it was okay. a, a huge dilemma for them. There were about 140 rescue workers, medical workers, police, fire. Of course, the media had 
shown up. Of course. Um, they weren't helping anything. As a matter of fact, I think they were told several times that, you know, back Get, up. Yeah, no space. shit. There's actually some, uh, not, uh, not live, but footage, videos of a recording from the helicopter of all mm-hmm. the tents and rescue workers and medical personnel. So right, okay. it was definitely, definitely a big deal. Um, also, John's family and friends, though some had stayed and some had come up. Emily, mm-hmm. his wife, came and Ugh. was trying to be in good spirits, basically saying on the way up there that everything's fine, they're going to get him out, they're going to get him out, and trying to be very positive and trying to be supportive. Also being first trimester pregnant. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, God. During these rescue missions, there's a lot of planning and conversations that are happening. Like I said a moment ago, rescuers don't get there and just start running in and, and you know, do whatever they got to do to get people mm-hmm. out. They don't have one specific rescue technique that is uni- universal that works in every situation because they're all different. Yes, it has to every... Which we've seen. Some are stuck upside down. Some are stuck with their legs behind them. Mm-hmm. You know, who who knows? Mm-hmm. They're all difficult, and there are many things that they have to take into consideration. So it's, you know, where's the person stuck? Mm-hmm. Uh, have they been to that part of the cave before? How risky is it for everyone involved? What or how is the best method for survival? And so there are many, many things that need to be thought through before rescue attempts can be made. Mm-hmm. Also keeping in mind that there's a person that needs to be rescued and they can't take too long. But John was stuck in the absolutely worst spot in the cave. God. My whole point by sharing all of that is it, it, it takes time. So some of these rescue attempts that take four, six, ten hours, I can absolutely see. They probably large... rescued somebody from that position before in that area. But like this situation, yeah. especially, you're going to drag out the planning. Well, and people are coming for John's rescue. They came from all over the state. Yeah. Oh, my they God. They came from all over the state. Oh, man. So one of the rescue, uh, the Utah County rescue rescue worker Sean Roundy said it's very narrow very awkward and it's difficult to get rescuers down there it's a really tight spot but we've been able to get around him we're able to hold his hand at some point they were able to actually hold his hand so they actually I guess there was like a tunnel that connected I didn't see that but somehow they were able to to get shimmy some room up above like beside his body okay and because they realize that he's in a bad position. Yeah. They know it's getting dangerous. He's been in there for hours and hours and hours yeah. now. Yeah. So now we're at about eight hours <clears throat> after mm-hmm. search and rescue have arrived. So it was a couple hours before search and rescue even got there that he was already there. Mm-hmm. So about eight hours after search and rescue arrived, they were able to free John from this extremely tight space by using a rope and pulley system. Oh, okay, good. Okay. So they had secured anchors along the walls of the cave and they, they tied it to wherever they could on John, which was typically his boots or his ankles, ideally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somewhere how to pull him up uh, down. Okay. Yeah, and they used it to lift him up. It was a very slow process. Um, they would lift him a few inches, and ultimately they would have to rest for various reasons. So they would lift him. It, I read that John was in a lot of pain when this process was, I have was no happening. Doubt. Yeah. So uh, several times they had to stop to to give him yeah, to let but, him rest. Oh yeah. So very long process. He was in a great deal of pain. Um, the upside down position wasn't helping. I would imagine his feet and legs would be like pins and needles. Oh God, yeah. I you hate know? that feeling too. Yeah. There was a huge concern as well that if they did get John out, um, his body would begin to produce a large amount of adrenaline and ultimately that could kill him as well. So mm-hmm. there were... Oh, many. I, I think there were so many considerations you've got to be able to, to account for. There were so many. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They, uh, you oh. know, it's almost like you're damned if you do and you're damned, damned if you don't. Yeah. Right? Sure. So it was about 4.30 p.m. the next day when researchers were, uh, I'm sorry, rescuers were able to get him loose enough to give him IV, to give him an IV and some food and some water. Oh, good. So he's, he's kind of, he's coming out, slow process. Mm -hmm. He also received a much needed moral, uh, morale boost from his wife, Emily, and they let him talk to her over the radio. 
John and the rescue workers were all feeling collectively, they're feeling much better at this point for a few hours. They were seeing, you know, like, okay, this, this could end up well, we're inching him back. We're hoping we can get him out of here right. and things are moving in a positive, positive direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The rescuers, you know, the ones not in the cave, right? But the rescuers outside had decided, okay, things are looking good enough. We're going to stop and take a lunch break. They actually had some pizza. They had some water. They, Mm -hmm. you know, they started laughing and and smiling, thinking that the worst was over. Over, yeah. So there's a little bit, you know, a little bit of relief. And, you know, that doesn't last very long. It only lasts for a few hours. Oh, God. So once they got back to work and John was getting free of this 18 by 10 inch crevice rescuers said that there was an equipment failure which caused the rope system that was hoisting him out of the cave to Uh go back into the same narrow gap and it actually it it was really bad because he was even wedged further holy shit so he just slipped yeah oh my no 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 no. well the the pulley the pulley came out of the wall right and you got to think they put pulley in a in a mud wall, essentially. I was gonna, yeah, it's gonna it's not, slip. It's not mud, mud, right? But it's it's clay. It gives, yeah. And so when you have, I'm assuming maybe 200, 185 pounds on a pulley system, and then you're pulling on it, yeah, to add it's more, gonna slip. Yeah, um, they he slipped further into into oh. the crevice that they had just pulled him out of. Oh my god. Um, and again, because Nutty Putty Cave is so moist and damp on the inside, the walls surrounding the crevices just aren't capable of sustaining the weight that they needed to hoist for them John's out of there. body. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention, you know, rescuers are pulling on ropes. We're, we're adding all sorts of pressure and oh, additional no. weight. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so it, it gave way, which completely, it was, it was, it was heartbreaking. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm, I would have been cussing, screaming. Gosh, yeah, I, that's I awful. I can't even think about it. Rescuers are very concerned, and they're discussing many, many ways to free John. They even discussed uh, bringing gallons of either lard or grease or oil into the cave to yeah, put it pull on him, him out to, to yeah. get him out. They talked about just wild and crazy things, and it caused me to think and go, you know, there's really no nothing that's off limits. I know if at that point, no, right. Um, but given his position and the location and the little bit that they knew. Mm-hmm. Um, there was really no other viable options. By now, John is experiencing hallucinations. He's popping in and out of consciousness. Mm. The weight of his own body in the upside-down position is working against him. His organs are slowly suffocating him. Right. And it is very apparent to the rescue crew uh, working to, to free John that it's he just, doesn't have a lot of time. Sure. And the rope and pulley rescue attempt was their best shot to free him. That's the... I don't want to say that was the only one, but that was the the best option. None of the other options that they oh, had. They didn't have anything else. I was going to say, but though, could, knowing what you've done with the pulley system to try it again and just go faster. They couldn't get another anchor okay. in the wall, in another section of the wall. I mean, because it, just, it had... Apparently, it popped in several sections. Got it. Okay. All right. Yeah, it was... If they if if they could have gotten him out faster, like you said, would that have made a difference? I don't know. Right. I oh god bless. At this point, everyone is scrambling. They still haven't given up. They're still the rescuers mm-hmm. that are with him are still talking to him. They're still trying to keep him positive. He was he would kind of ebb and flow. You know, oh, I probably should lose some weight. Being a little bit funny to being kind of morbid. Like I'm, you know, I'm never getting. I'm out not of gonna. Here, yeah, because like, well, your brain is stopping you from from admitting the yeah. truth at that point. I'm sure. You know, you know, hence the oil suggestion. They they're literally back at, at square one right now. Mm-hmm. And rescuers had been on the scene some for well over 24 hours. And they actually had waves of people on standby to relieve folks that had been there for so long. Mm-hmm. But but people were people were so committed. And this is another kind of Yeah. I don't want to say scary, but sad thing is that the rescue workers just didn't want to give up. Nobody yeah, well, wanted no, to give up. Well no, you don't want to like just say, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, you know, he's been in the cave for over 24 hours. He's been, I'm sorry, he's been in this position stuck yeah. for over 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And his system is beginning to fail. Blood and fluids are pulling in his brain and lungs. His Ugh. circulation is, you know, slowed down and is slowing down. His capillaries are leaking and he's Ugh. got toxins that are building up in his blood. Blood, right. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. And uh, the evening of November 25th, 2019, roughly 27 hours mm-hmm. of, of 
being stuck in this position, he was pronounced dead due to cardiac arrest. Oh, and that God. that was shortly before midnight. So it wasn't like... I guess in my head, I thought they were like, okay, you're stuck. He's still alive, but go ahead and pour concrete on me. Like, I just, no, 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 God. God. So I'm like, son of a bitch. No. <laughs> Oh my God. That's horrible. Okay, so, so... I mean, he was in, he was stuck like that for 27 hours. So he died because of complications of so, being stuck so upside down. Ultimately, right. Yeah. Ultimately, they can't... I mean, they don't know exactly why he died. It could be asphyxiation. It could be his heart stopped because of the weight of the other organs. Mm-hmm. They don't know for sure. But what they do know is he was in there for 27 agonizing, horrendous hours. Yeah. I almost think... Put a bullet in me. In my head. Yeah, just, yeah, if y'all could not save me, please help me die. I mean, the, and not pain to, fl- pain free. Right. Not to mention, mm-hmm. not to mention emotional stress and strain for the rescue workers. Some of mm-hmm. them to this day are like, some of them said later that we, you think over and over and over, if I had just tweaked this one little detail, mm-hmm. yep. it could be different. And one mm-hmm. of the rescuers said, he said, I had to, he said, I had to go to therapy. He said, I couldn't think about it anymore because there's no way for me to go back. And there's fix no it. way yeah, for yeah. me to even tell Have you that it worked. Yeah. yeah. So it was stressful emotionally for everybody. The family was there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was just, oh, they were so close at thinking they were going to get him out only to lose him in the end. Mm-hmm. And everybody did their best. John's family and friends had even you know, poured their hearts out and, and thanked them over and over because even though they didn't make it, they saw the the efforts that the mm-hmm. rescue teams had, had put in. Um, it was tragic. Tragic for everybody. It's just, I, I like, want to break down and cry right now. And so... Mm. It's just, oh, it makes one me of sick. The, one of the last things that... Um, John said mm-hmm. was, I'm going to die right here. I'm not going to come out of here, am I? Oh, my God. Yeah. The realization, you know, dying upside down with his whole family just outside the cave while he was stuck. Could you? I couldn't imagine the no. 400 feet or 100 feet when you think about being in a cave is terrible. When you think about my loved ones and friends and family are just right here and I can't do anything. Right. And and. I mean, just the fact that you were, you got out of bed that morning thinking, I'm just going to do a little cave exploring. Yeah. Well, and I think it was, I think it was kind of a last minute thing mm-hmm. um, where I don't think that, because I believe that was the day they got there. Yeah. Um, Emily, his wife went to the family home and visit family. And then he and some other friends and family went cave. Yeah, cave. So I got the sense that it exploring. wasn't, but it was something that they all enjoyed doing. Yeah. Um, Emily was able to speak with him one last time and said, I know you've been pushing so hard for so long. Why don't you rest for a minute and take a break and then you can push again. Mm-hmm. It's what his wife told him, but they think that he was probably already unconscious and that just he never, never woke, woke up, up after again. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Nutty Putty Cave where John Edwards Jones spent the last 27 hours of his life is the final resting place. He's entombed in that section. So the Utah County Sheriff, um, parts of the government and Mm -hmm. even, even the John's family made a decision to, to seal the cave completely Mm -hmm. because it was just too dangerous for people. Now this caused, it caused a lot of conflict because cavers said, why don't you just seal that section? I was going to say, why wouldn't you just seal that section? They, 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 they thought that it still wasn't, it was still too risky to sure. keep it open. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of people were there, you know, a lot of people were really upset about it. I don't know. I will tell you if that cave was open and just that section was, I would go. Yeah. I was going to say, it. De- I don't know. I don't like being in very small spaces. I would, I would go to the cave. I would probably do this to the slide. I'd probably tool around that first. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't I, go I'm through out. the butthole. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't go through the birth canal at all. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um, and you guys, Emily, let's talk a little bit about Emily because I thought, how does you know? Mm-hmm. How does family? Yeah. And how do you move on? How do you move on, especially being a? And I keep going back to being a mother. I don't know that I would. I don't know that I would be able to do that, knowing that 
my son's body is in there. No, God, no. Oh, like we said when we first started that Emily was pregnant, very new, right? Pregnant, so she was in her first trimester. Trimester when John died, and their daughter Lizzie was only a year old. Oh, she, okay. Yeah, so very young family. She really struggled with his death, and um, she thought you know no one else would love her. She didn't think that she would ever be able to love again. She. Well, yeah. Can you? I, right. No, I mean, I, I. I can't. She spent many years alone. Um, she ended up moving in with her parents to help raise, the, you know, the kids. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't imagine Aww. giving. I know there are women who give birth alone all the time because their husbands, yeah, their partners or whatever yep. aren't with them. Yeah. But I couldn't imagine giving birth to a child where I know they would never be able to know their father because he's passed. I know, and I'm looking online at like pictures of yeah they have a camera they i mean how he's i guess stuck yeah or something that's yeah well emily spent many years alone um but she did meet someone she met a man named donovan sanchez um and emily would end up getting married and having another child with this man oh okay supposedly not supposedly but he loves her very much sure she's stayed in close contact with john's family clearly (laughs) because she's got kids with them well yeah um and also emily's father officiated that wedding to donovan and john's father walked her down the aisle oh that's sweet and then the movie that um i watched you guys it's it's featured it's you know it's based on the life and failed rescue of john jones Mm -hmm. i don't know how much of it is true and how much okay. of it is, but it is good. It's called The Last Descent. I and, saw that, and I yeah. I didn't know if I wanted to watch that or not. That's why I had to pause. I got to I had to pause it like every fifteen minutes. So I was like, oh, okay, I can I can pause it again. Yeah, I and don't. It starts off really. So it starts off quick. You're not waiting a for, long time. Yeah, within the build up. Yeah, within ten or fifteen minutes because because the whole the whole. The piece of this story is yeah. the rescue. I was going to say that it's got to be the discussion yeah. on the planning and how yeah. they did everything that they could to, to, you know, save this guy. Yeah. So they, so he gets stuck pretty quickly. And, um, they, they also have some, like some side stories about some of the rescue workers mm-hmm. and what their personal experience was. I don't mm-hmm. know if any of that, uh, that is it's true, true either, yeah. mm-hmm. but, um, it's it's really good. It's it's very sad. We already. I was gonna ending. say I, I'm just, I'm struggling because I'm interested, but then at the same time I don't want to cry because I my ass will be depressed for three days later. Yeah, it was. That's why I like I've done this one and I have to put it down because I I feel mm-hmm. that like I feel like I can't breathe right now. Yeah, I can't. I just it terrifies me. I would never go in a cave though, but that's I mean one that's not explored. I'm I'm a little cautious that way. Right. But. So B and I, when I we went to the Grand Canyon several, several years yeah. ago, we were coming back. I cannot remember. We've got it like tagged on mm. our Facebook or something. Mm-hmm. I can't can't remember the name of it, but we were on our way from the actual Grand Canyon to go back to the hotel room, and I saw a sign. It's like, hey, uh, there's a cave. Let's go check that out. That's how we did a lot sure. of our exploring. Yeah. So we get down to this cave that's in the middle of nowhere that is very similar to the opening was very small it opened into a big mm-hmm. room and it was super dark and so but b was like no no and i think it was like two miles you, it was a two mile walk no nope. walk all the way to the back of the cave and the, but but it was walking you didn't have to crawl oh okay well that's a little different yeah that's and, a little different and it went we went from being like i don't know 103 degrees to like 68 degrees inside the mm-hmm. yeah the freezing cave. yeah well but that's kind of cool though even even with the big space i was still a little claustrophobic yeah like yeah. i can't see anything and we were using the lights from our cell phone. We were not prepared. Oh, my God. Did it have railing or anything in there? No, so uh-uh. it wasn't like... No, and, you, and it was a walk on your own, at your own risk because there was... Okay. Oh, God, no. Yeah. yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's like scuba diving for me. I always think it would be really cool to go scuba diving, but I... It's too much pressure. Yeah. Well, that... I, it's the claustrophobia, and it's being mm. terrified of being Eaten in alive. There. I just... Yeah, no. Mm-mm. None of it. I think I took a, it was like, you know, you can take a class to see if you like it kind of thing. Cause mm-hmm. I was thinking about doing it at yeah. the scuba place over off Alpine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, you know, you put, it wasn't like a lot of weight, but there was, there's some weight. There's a suit that you put on. There's yep. equipment that you have to put All on. All that crap. Yeah. And then it just felt uh, like I felt a lot of pressure in my head mm-hmm. in my ears. It just didn't, I was like, this kind of sucks. It's painful. I, I just am not interested in going underwater like that. You'd rather float on top of it with a bed. <laughs> yeah, thank you. 
Thank you. I'm not, um, yeah, an adventurist, I guess, <laughs> in that sense. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. That is it for the Nutty Putty incident. Thanks for depressing everyone. Wah, wah. Wah, 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 wah. Just, Debbie Downer. Start off your Sunday. Yeah. So again, remember next week um, we're going to be late, but um, and she's not going to tell us what it is. No, I'll put it on the website though. So if you if you care that much, go to the website. But um, stay. Everybody runs to website. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, our website guy is a little bit behind. Yes, I'll yes. smack him. Um, all right, guys. Uh, have a great week. Behave. Don't go in any caves. For this, real. This is no caving. Yeah, no caving. I don't even know if things are open back up because of COVID. I would imagine not. There's COVID in caves. So stay away. I, yeah. That's stay away. <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.